New Amsterdam, the island. The doctors take a field trip to Rikers Island. Stay tuned. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, 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 it's the finale. Hey, 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 y'all, welcome, welcome, welcome to the after show for New Amsterdam. I am your man, Tyler Tyson. This is the fall finale episode. So many things took place in this uh, episode of New Amsterdam. Of course, I have all of our special segments, uh, the, the health segment, the news and gossip. Somebody is moving. A lot is going on. But first, let me give you my overall thoughts for this episode. I thought this was the perfect way to go out. Like, I mean, from the moment the show started, they gave us the drama. And then, of course, they left us with a bunch of cliffhangers. They kind of wrapped up a few storylines a little bit, and I will get into all of that a little bit later on in the show. The first thing I want to talk about, I'm sure you guys know what the first thing is that I want to talk about because I talk about it obsessively a little bit on every single episode, and that is Reynolds and Evie. Evie finally makes an appearance on this episode, and as I hoped, things are a little off between her and uh, Dr. Reynolds. So the... You guys just saw the episode, so you saw that they spent the night together, and her energy, her vibe, everything was off. I still think, I think, that there's more to this story than what she's already kind of put out there. Uh, Later on in the episode, she brought up the fact that she had been offered a position, a full-time, it's a legal position with one of the medical hospitals in San Francisco, and she didn't decline the offer. I personally think she kind of accepted it, but the way that she described it to Dr. Reynolds is that she told him that she's considering it. Um, And she even made that decision without conversing with him. And so I'm sure those of you that are in a relationship, I'm not, but for those of you that are, the whole point is this person that you're in a relationship with is on your team. So big decisions like a car purchase in the um, example of Dr. Frum and his marriage when you're going to adopt or have another baby taking a job in a whole different city all of those things fit in the category of something that you should converse with and have a conversation with your spouse before you do it you don't just up and decide oh i'm gonna adopt a child without you or i'm gonna take a job across the country without you you can't do that well i guess you can she did and so we will see in um you know, when we get back in the new year, what actually comes of that. Um, but I'm hoping and praying that this, once again, I just I just want them to be over. Keisha Cole has a song, I just want it to be over. I just want them to be over. So uh, that was a little pleasurable for me. I don't know what you guys thought, but you can tell me, you can comment below and let me know what you thought about the whole Reynolds situation. And then also, Ella is moving. And you guys know Ella is um, Dr. VJ Kapoor, his son's girlfriend she's having his baby and um she made the announcement today that she would be moving to idaho she also revealed that she has ocd i don't suffer from ocd uh, i, I low-key get it i think i have moments when i might be borderline maybe i don't know but she says that she has it she's clinically diagnosed she's had it um been diagnosed for over 12 years i did not know though because uh, dr kapoor said oh it must have been brought on by the pregnancy i didn't i know pregnancy wreaks havoc on women's bodies and all of that both during the pregnancy and then afterwards but i had no idea that it could potentially cause you to pick up something like ocd um but apparently it does. So anyway, uh, she she has this this issue, and she's moving to 
Idaho to be with her family because there's medication that she needs to be on, but because she's pregnant, she can't really take the medication. So she is acknowledging the fact that she needs some type of supervision. She needs some type of support. She just needs a little extra help. And so she's moving to Idaho. And, of course, um, he didn't say anything, but you could tell by his face. And, of course, most of us can imagine um, he is not pleased uh, with that. But that is better than the alternative, which would be for her to terminate the pregnancy. So we will see once again in the new year what happens with Ella. Um, somehow, some way, I'm sure they will make it work. And I'm talking about making it work. What I would love for you guys to do, since you're already watching us on YouTube right now, please subscribe to the AfterBuzz YouTube channel. Of course, you can drop all of your comments in our live chat below. Let us know what you think of me, the show, where you think the show is going, recommendations, suggestions, all of that stuff you can do in our comments. And also, to everyone that is listening on YouTube and Spotify, please give us our, uh, is it four stars or five? I believe it's five. Give us our five stars. Thank you. Uh, Four. I think if you try to give us four, you can't. So please give us our five stars. And please continue to help us make make us the ESPN of TV talk. So let's get into my third topic. Um, You guys remember in last week's episode, Dr. Bloom went and had um, reconstructive leg surgery. And she also talked about the fact, well, we know that she's an addict or recovering addict. And she didn't want any pain medication. Well, they told her in the previous episode that this surgery is so intense that no one can not have medication. Like, you're going to have to have some type of pain medication. And so to avoid relapsing, she was like, okay, well, let me get someone to kind of monitor me um, in the legal, I mean, not legal, but medical terminology. They call it pain uh, management. Get someone to, to really monitor how much medicine I'm taking to kind of keep me in track to make sure that I don't pick up any extra habits or anything like that. And so she did call on um, uh, the doctor. I can't think of his name at the moment. It'll come to me. But she called on the, uh, the doctor that was kind of like her AA buddy, for lack of a better term. And in this episode... There was a scene where Dr. Bloom, he told her the best way, if you just wait, because the morphine is still in your system and you just had some medicine, whatever the time frame is. But if you just wait an hour, that will definitely give you your maximum um, relief from the pain. Basically, there's a window. So what what he was saying, or at least the way that I interpreted what he said was, because you already have some medicine still in your system right now, for you to take pain medicine now, you won't really see that big of a relief from the pain. To maximize the pain relief, you have to wait until this medicine has kind of gone out of your system and then we can put some new medicine in so you can really feel the fact that, oh, I'm now getting relief from the pain, which is why on most pain medications, if not all, they tell you to take a certain number within a certain window. Don't take this many pills within four hours or whatever the dosage is. That is part of the reason. Um, and so she does this and we see her struggle. We see her sweated out. I don't know if any of you have had any broken bones or any type of surgery where you really, when you're in pain, you can't rest. Like, no matter where you move, you just can't get comfortable. And so we saw her going through all of that. But she was a big girl, and she managed to get through the hour. And she actually went over the time for like by like three or four minutes. And she's now ready for her pain medicine, and it's not there. She 
presses the call button, the nurses come, and she's, like, freaking out. This is after she's looked at the table. You know how they put the table by the bed. She's looked at the table and couldn't find it. And so she's like, yo, my medicine is gone. I know I haven't taken it. Like, let's get some medicine. Now, she's not saying it as calmly as I'm saying it to you. And so the doctor that she was talking to or the nurse that she was talking to, um, I'm not saying that she overreacted, but she kind of... I feel like it was a little bit of a petty move. She went to uh, a supervising doctor and was like really just kind of throwing Dr. Bloom under the bus. Now, mind you, Dr. Bloom did apologize to her as she was leaving the room. Like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm just in a lot of pain. But she completely ignored that. And she's trying to paint the picture of her being like this crazed addict hungry for medicine. And that just isn't isn't the case. Now, she did say, you know, we know the rumors and all of that other stuff. That, that's why I feel like it was just a petty move. But anyway, long story short, the doctor um, came in and he stood up for Dr. Bloom and she was like really appreciative of it and she was really like, you know, thanking him for everything that he had been doing for her and really keeping her on the straight and narrow. And then it kind of dawned on her and she was like, well, but you know, from one addict to another, why do you actually believe me? Like, you could see the wheels turning in her brain. And she didn't say this, but I feel like the the way that it was shot, the way that um, the look on her face, I feel like they allowed it to allude to the fact that she is realizing that this guy, the doctor that she had to kind of be her pain management person, um, he's actually taking her medicine. Uh, that's that's what happened. What I thought, what so what I thought happened was I thought he took the medicine out of the room just because he wanted to see like how far she would go and also to prove to herself that she could make it through the hour. That's what I thought he was doing. I didn't even think that. Oh well, he is an addict too, so he's gonna keep the medicine for himself. Had no clue. So I was a little shocked by that. Um, and so of course we will see how this plays out. In the new year, so much to look forward to in the new year. But anyway, um, to tie up that storyline, Dr. Bloom is, is I think, going to actually verbalize and acknowledge the fact that this guy is uh, taking her medicine. So we will just have to stay tuned to see uh, Dr. Ligon, to see if that's actually true, if Dr. Ligon has been taking her, her medication. Another thing that kind of popped up in this episode as she is going through her recovery, Max gets the great news that he's in remission. So we saw while he was at Rikers, you know, he, he swallowed and he kind of grimaced while he swallowed. And, and Dr. Sharp kind of caught him. And he was like, oh, well, you know, my throat is just hurting. He was kind of trying to play it off, but he was really scared. Well, come to find out he's in remission. And, you know, they're saying that it must just be allergies, which is causing him to have this weird feeling in his throat. Um and I, hmm, I don't even know what to believe because, you know, every time you want to believe something, they go left on you and you're like, wait, what? But, so I really hope that he's in remission. But a part of me kind of feels like he might not be. I don't trust and I don't trust her so much. I can't even remember her name. But the doctor that Dr. Sharp does not get along with, they kind of had like this co um co-chair management position where they both are like in the same position and they're working on a team together I don't trust her like something about her I don't trust Um, now the ironic 
part about all of this is I did trust Dr. Ligon, and you see what happened with that. So maybe I was, the vibe that I'm getting from her, I should have been applying to him. But nonetheless, I still don't trust her. So I'm going to stick with that for now. Um, but in, the good part about it is that Max does not have any cancer at the moment. We did see Georgia make a return, which is his deceased wife. And um, he, he said something that I think kind of resonates a little bit, uh, and that is that he wanted to be healthy and he wanted to be in remission and he wanted to get better, but he wanted to do all of that for his wife, Georgia. Um, the fact that she's not there, it's almost like an empty victory. It's like, you know, you want to do something for your parents and let's just say you wanted to be a doctor for your parents and your parents end up passing away like right before you become a doctor, but then you become a doctor. It's like, but you know, dang it, I did this for y'all and y'all aren't even here to enjoy it. Um, so that was kind of what he was implying, I, at least my interpretation, when he said that, uh, you know, I, I was doing this for you and you were my reason to try to get better. And I know the logical thing for most of us to think is, oh, well, now that your wife is gone, now you can, you should be happy that you're healthy and you should be doing things for your daughter. But, you know, when you're in love and you lose the love of your life, uh, hopefully this is something none of us ever have to go through. But from what I have seen from other people and from stories that I've heard, it is one of the most traumatic things in the world. And it's very hard to get over whether you have a child or not. Um, it's just very difficult. So, that's Max's story. That was something that I said they kind of tied up. But, you know, with cancer, it can always come back. So, you know, something will come out later on in the show when we come back in January. Um, and the final topic, I'm, I have one little sidebar, but the final full-fledged topic that I want to bring to you guys, which is the bulk of the entire show, the medical staff took a visit to Rikers Island, uh, which is a very, very, very dangerous prison Um a heavily guarded prison. I forget the terminology that they use to describe. Is it ma maximum security? It's a maximum security prison. I mean, it is one of the toughest places, if not the toughest, of all of the prison systems uh, here in the United States. And so they go there because a patient comes in that, that it basically had a stroke and is dealing with all of these medical issues because of the simple fact that she, and I didn't even know that this is a thing, but she... Um, left the tampon where you put that you she left it there for like nine days and the bacteria and everything that comes from doing that unhealthy thing led to her having brain issues like that bacteria went to her brain and they then had to have immediate surgery immediate surgery to remove that bacteria and whatever had formed from that bacteria out of her brain um but I did not know that that was a thing. I did not even think that it was possible to leave something there for that long. But the whole bulk of the episode is that they were talking about how in the prison system, yes, these people did horrific things. Yes, a nice number of them deserve to be there. But even with that, no one, no human being under any circumstance deserves to fall ill due to a lack of medical treatment. You know, we y'all know it's the political season. The, every time you get on TV and there's a politician talking, they're talking about health care. They're talking about how it's a basic human right. This kind of falls, not kind of, it does fall in that category. Human right meaning, even though they're in prison, even though they deserve to be there, even though they did some horrible, horrific things, and most of them deserve to be there until either they leave, leave this earth or until they complete their time, that does not mean that they should not get any type of 
checkups or any type of health care. Um, and so Max packed everybody up, took them out to Rikers. Uh, the warden that was there was not pleased that he was there. They had uh, a lot of back and forth um, once they arrived. But it seemed like they were making an impact, so much so that at the end of this whole excursion, the warden actually invited them back to come to come back and, and do more more treatments because he said in the top of the episode that he's a results driven type of guy. So if, if even though I don't agree with this, even though because Max went over his head and spoke to the mayor and that's how he ended up getting the approval and the clearance to come into the prison in the first place. So the warden didn't like the fact that he had gone over his head. But even with all of that, he told him if the results are great. I'll be the first to say thank you. And he, in so many words, did. Um, But as a result of that, you know, the thing about the prison system, and not that I have that much, um, thankfully, I don't have that much uh, knowledge and experience with it, but some parts of the system, as far as... um, the security part of it, the correction officers making sure that there's so many correction officers per so many inmates, all of that stuff is there for safety reasons. Because when you're in that type of situation and in a, ma- in a maximum security situation, the, a lot of these people are serving life terms. When you're staring at life behind bars, you get desperate. You have zero F's. Y'all know what that means. You give zero F's about life at that point. You will do any and everything to get out of here. So that means if I have to kill a correction officer and I can escape and just be on the run, to them, that's better than being locked away in here. Um, and so that's why a lot of those safety precautions are supposed to be in place now. We all know that in every, if there's a system, there are people that are going to abuse the system. Whether it's civilians, whether it's Correction officers, whether it's politicians, whoever, if you have any bit of power, any bit of influence, if there's a system, somehow, some way, the system will be abused. I mean, on a very shallow, superficial level, let's just look at the speed limit. How many of us completely ignore that sign that says 55 and we do 70 or 80? I mean, we all do it. So if given the opportunity, at some point, we all will abuse a system is what I'm getting at. And so... um it's like you have to find the happy medium. So Max is saying that they deserve this health care, which they do. And the warden is saying, yes, but you can't just do it any type of way. Like, I get some of everyone in here is not evil and hateful, but a lot of people are. So just to keep everyone safe, we just have to do things, as church people would say, in decency and in order. So uh, that's that was kind of like the, the tug of war that they had throughout the entire episode. I mean, I'm not going to go through and break down every single situation. I mean, you guys already saw the episode, but there were people that got stabbed. Um, as you saw with the cliffhanger, they, the the inmates that we all thought were kind of good and a little bit on the straight and narrow, they are already plot, plotting and planning their way to break out of New Amsterdam. And this goes back to the point that I just made. Any opportunity that they can get to get out of here and be on the run, that's what they do. Uh, that's what they will do or could do, and that's what they are attempting to do in this particular uh, scenario. There was a, a young lady that Dr. Kapoor was helping, um, and that's the one that I was telling you about that had the tampon that was there for uh, nine days. And the correction officer, she has three kids. The correction officer would not let her reach out to anyone in her family. And, you know, Dr. Kapoor just could not understand, like, yo, she legit almost died. Like, she should, if anything, just be able to call her family 
or somebody call the family and be like, you know, uh, she's okay. I think her name is Martha. Martha's okay. She made it through the surgery okay. She's just fine. And he was just like, yeah, so? No, I'm not doing it. And he just, he was very cold and callous about it. Uh, So Dr. Kapoor, I tell you, these doctors, they have so many tricks up their sleeve. He uh, told the the correction officers before they were wheeling her back to Rikers that she needed to do a final kind of MRI scan or uh, see some type of scan um, to just make sure that they got everything and that it was a heavy radiation area and that the correction officers could not come inside or if they did come inside they would risk not being able to have children and so she, he took her behind closed doors only to reunite her with her family momentarily once again treating these these inmates as human beings and not as trash and garbage i mean across the board if we could treat everyone with some type of respect um using Max and the warden. Max should respect the warden. The warden should respect Max. The correction officers should respect the, the inmates. I mean, there there is a hierarchy, and there is, like, you know, this person is in power, so you have to respect that. But at the same time, you don't have to treat people like trash. You know, Dr. Frum sat down with um, Sanchez and Pearl. Sanchez is a correction officer. They were friends from back in the day. And they kind of hashed out in like a very calm way, their issues because the correction officer was being so like extremely mean to Pearl, and um, so they just cleared it up. So basically, and that the whole point is what I'm getting at is that you have to respect people. If you respect people, I promise you, things will go a lot better just in life in general. So the final little sidebar that I was telling you about, it's not a full topic just because they didn't leave us with much time. It was the official cliffhanger of the episode, which was the fact that Dr. Sharp got stripped of all of her titles. If you remember in last week's episode, we were dealing with a patient that had a heroin addiction um, and that needed treatment. And Dr. Sharp took her to a safe place, a safe haven. I don't remember the terminology, but it's basically a safe haven where you can do illicit drugs, but the drugs are administered by a medical professional uh, to avoid ODing, to avoid the um, constant um, recycling of needles, which thus leads to diseases like uh, hepatitis C and uh, HIV and AIDS and all of the diseases that are transferable through through bodily fluids. Uh, it alleviates all of that. And because she was seen at the heroin den where she went to get the individual in the first place and she was seen at the actual medical treatment place, I think her name is Brantley. She's one of the main people on the board, the one woman on this, well, I guess there are three women on the show I don't like. She's one of the other women that I don't like on this uh, on this show. She's the one that informed Dr. Sharp that because of her behavior, because of the fact that she was in those uh, situations, they were stripping her of all of her titles. They did not take away her medical license. They did not fire her, but she just will not be in charge of everything that she was in charge of. Um, and so, once again, we will see how this plays out in the new year. Um, no one, the way the episode ended, no one knows that she's been stripped of, of her titles except, you know, Brantley and Sharp, since they were the only two people in the room. So we will see how this plays out um, a little bit later on. Well, not a little bit later on, next year. Ha. So let's go ahead and get into some news and gossip. All right, so as I keep saying, because I sound like the kid that's about to get out for, um, it feels like summer vacation, but it's like winter break, so I'm like super excited. 
but we still have some work to do here. So news and gossip. Uh, the episode, because they're going off for the season, we do have a behind-the-scenes picture from a Freema official. You guys know she's the one that plays Dr. Sharp and is showing just a quick little picture of them on the set recording the finale episode. And then they also have... Um, you know, as we all have, those end-of-the-year parties, those holiday parties, the rap parties. So I went to Jocko Smith, who's the guy that plays Dr. Reynolds. You can follow him on social media at Jocko Smith, or Sims, not Smith, Jocko Sims. Um, so he posted, like, three or four pictures showing the cast and various people from the cast just mixing it and mingling at the uh, at the rap party. So I just think I love to just kind of see behind the scenes to see how they actually interact like you really want to think that the people that are on the show get along i almost said uh use another show as an example but i won't uh so anyway it was just nice to see that everyone gets along on this show at least right now in season two (laughs) right um and so moving from that though you guys know that tyler labine who plays dr from he has been on this medical journey uh, not medical health journey just to kind of improve his health he's working out a little bit more we've shown clips of him working out well he is doing a i believe it's either 30 day or 45 day push-up challenge you can go to his instagram page which is tl Lubbing. and um not only do you get your music but you also get little videos like this showing you workouts that he's doing on his quest of getting healthier which i think is great you know we're about to go into the holiday season you and i both know how difficult it is sometimes to work out and make these healthy choices when we go home and our family have they have all these pies and these cakes and everything but if you just do a little something it's better than nothing at all trust me so big ups to tyler labine like i said you can follow all of his journey to uh, getting healthier and fit and doing what he wants to do with his body at tl labine um and then also we do have an Amster jam for you. Um, yeah, I, I'll let you hear this and then I'll talk. Damn fam, Tila Bean here. Tonight's new jam on the Amsterdam jam playlist is Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. Heard of him? Uh, yeah, and I think it's a fitting track for tonight because it deals with themes of loss and uh, maybe feeling like you don't quite fit in. Feeling like a bird with a broken wing, little wing. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, check it out. And tonight's episode is the fall, sorry, winter finale. Whoa, we're already there. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, just know that we're going to miss you way more than you're going to miss us. (laughs) Hopefully that's not true. Please tune in tonight. Subscribe to my Spotify playlist, New Amster Jam. And I love you. I'm going to miss you all. I don't know why I'm out of breath. <laughs> so yes, you can uh, follow him at Tyler Labine. You guys know I usually come back the week after to let you know what I thought of the songs. So last week, the choice that was on his playlist was Why Oak. Um, the song was called Glory. I did listen to the song. It's not really my cup of tea. Um, it's a very interesting song. I, I love to liken songs to give you a reference to something else. There is absolutely nothing I can liken it unto. It doesn't really give me the vibe of anything else that I've heard before i think this particular song glory came out in 2014 but still take a listen and you know drop some comments and let me know what you think about that and then this week's choice since we won't be here next week i went ahead and listened to that one too it's Jimi hendrix and it's called um it's called give me a minute little wing 
it's Jimi Hendrix. You know it's going to be dope. And it is dope. I absolutely love this song. Um, you should definitely take a listen. It just gives you so many great vibes. The percussion, the beat on this song is stupid. Of course, it's Jimi Hem- Hendrix, so the guitar is stupid. It's The lyrics are dope. It's almost like a little bluesy, a little, it's like rock mix blue. It, just go listen. It's Jimi Hendrix. You can't go wrong. And so finally, the uh, last video that we have for our news and gossip, you guys, they keep telling you that it's coming back. January 14th is when we come back from the winter um, break. And so, yeah, I just wanted to show you just a little video that Freema posted on her page just to remind you that we're coming back January 14th. So happy winter break to the entire cast of New Amsterdam. And finally, let's get into my special segment. So you guys know with the special segment, you know, I try to bring you something regarding health, you know, um, at the top of the season when Ricky was here, he did his biometrics and it was phenomenal. And so I'm like, I can't do that, but what can I bring? So I talked about sleeping. I talked about dehydration. um, I talked about a colonoscopy last week. Well, this week I am talking about anxiety. And the reason I'm talking about this is because we're all of us, well, most of us, hopefully, even if you're not going home to see your family, we have Friendsgiving, we have so many different social things that we go through and that we attend. But for some, it can cause some anxiety. So I want to talk about anxiety. But first, I want to play this video uh, from Summer Walker. She's a, a singer, very well-known singer, and she just canceled all of her tour. But I'll let you hear what she had to say. Really, really, really appreciate um, anyone who genuinely loves my music, plays the fuck out of my music, comes to the shows, comes to the meet and greets, um, supports me, and really love and accept and respect my um, my personality. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to finish this tour because it doesn't really coexist with my social anxiety and um, my introverted personality um but i i really hope that people understand and respect that at the end of the day i'm a person i have feelings um you know i get tired i get sad um and it's just a lot and so i I don't want to lose myself for someone else i want to give y'all what i can um so i'm gonna keep making music and i'm gonna do a few shows but i can't finish so I, I wanted to play this video. This video has been everywhere. I mean, all of the news outlets, all of the gossips, everyone has been talking about this video. And I was like, oh, this is the perfect thing to talk about. So anxiety basically is classified as a mental disorder characterized by feelings of worry, hence the word anxiety, or fear that's, uh, that, that is strong enough to interfere with your everyday life. Some symptoms may include just excessive worrying, um, entrustive thought, and then fatigue. Now, there are various forms of anxiety. There's generalized anxiety disorder. There's social anxiety disorder, which is exactly what um, Summer Walker just described. And with the social anxiety, it's a chronic mental health condition in which social me- social interactions cause irrational anxiety. Um, they cause heart palpitations, fear, and they can cause depression. Now, I know a lot of us throw that word around uh, that we have anxiety. I've even thrown the word around that I have anxiety. You know, before, I don't I don't really get nervous. Um, and, I, and now, after hearing Summer Walker, after doing some research, I am just like Wendy did and just like a few other people that have loosely used this word, I am taking it back. I, I don't have anxiety. I think what I get right before, like, 
the minute when the producers are saying we're counting you down in five, four, my heart starts beating like this. But the moment I start talking, clearly it goes away and I feel right at home. So that's not what Summer Walker is describing. Summer Walker is and what the definition of anxiety is. Anxiety is when it literally paralyzes you to the point where you can't fulfill some type of obligation. Um, and, and, And so there are times when I think most of us have experienced a moment of depression, a moment of anxiety, a moment of something, that does not mean that we are clinically diagnosed with these things because, as I just said, those are those are actually mental disorders, and they are controlled by medication. Sometimes there's so many different things that need to happen in order for people that really suffer from these things to get a, a grasp on it. And so because of that, I think we need to be a little bit more mindful and careful of how we use those words. But when we have these fleeting moments of anxiety the things that Ricky talked about when he was here the things that I have mentioned a couple times all of those things will help alleviate those uh, those fleeting moments of depression anxiety whatever if you meditate if you breathe deeply take a moment to just go by yourself and just breathe and realize it's going to be okay be comfortable in yourself because the great thing is there's nobody else like you. So because there's nobody else like you, you can't do anything wrong. You can't fail. You can't fail at being you, which I think is the reason why we have these fleeting moments of anxiety. It's like, oh, well, will people like me? Oh, well, will this? It doesn't matter. You're being the best version of you. As long as you're being the best version of you, the rest does not matter. So I did also want to play this video. Summer Walker did actually on Sunday, this past Sunday. Thank you so much. I didn't expect this. She won uh, Best um, New Artist. Thank you, LBRN, and thank but just you listen for a minute, though. Um, I really appreciate it. <laughs> and the, the reason that I want to play this, though, is because she won Best New Artist uh, at the Soul Train Awards after she made this announcement that she had this social anxiety. And as you see, most people, when they win an award, even if they are a little nervous or whatever, they always have a speech. I want to thank God. I want to thank my mama. I want to thank all these people. As you, this girl is. She was terrified up there on the stage. And just because you have a gift, whether it's singing, whether it's being on camera, whatever it is, that does not mean that everything else goes away. So, yes, she's a talented performer. She's a talented singer. um, But the anxiety and the weight of it all, that part is real. And so you just have to allow people to deal with it the way that they need to deal with it. I know people jumped all on her case. Those of you that may be dealing with anxiety, you may be afraid to even admit it or talk about it. So the once again, the reason why I bring her up is she was brave enough to talk about it. She was brave enough to open up and kind of go a little even deeper about it. And I just think we can learn so much from her in that situation. And if we all just fall back and allow her and everybody else to just be themselves and do what they want to do, as long as they're not hurting anybody, what's the problem? Everybody chill. Just enjoy. So with that, guess what? Do I need to do any predictions? I mean, it's the finale. I don't have any predictions because, I mean, I feel like I've already run through everything. So, with that said, y'all, we will see y'all in January 2020. We will return with the rest of this season of New Amsterdam. I am your man, Tyler Tyson. For the rest of the winter, you can comment below. I will reach out and comment back to you. We can still have conversations about New Amsterdam. You can follow me on all social media at the Tyler Tyson and we can talk about New Amsterdam or music or whatever else. Thank y'all so much for checking us out and making us the ESPN of talk. I will see y'all in 2020. Peace.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.